You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 17 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. How about yourself? I'm not bad. Did you have a Merry Christmas? <laughs> Tried my best, yeah. It was, yeah, obviously a bit... Been a bit different to usual, but yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been all right. What did Santa leave in your stocking? <laughs> I don't know, chocolates. Not nothing, nothing too exciting. I don't think. Uh, uh, I don't know, pajamas, stuff like that. Nothing. You didn't get any interesting American football memorabilia. Not memorabilia. No, I've got a few. You know, like a calendar and well, my pajamas were American football. Um, as well so yeah a few bits and bobs like that but nothing yeah that's quite a fair i guess how about you well i got the sort of the usual socks you know mm-hmm. and that got, sort of thing i've started getting socks must, must be nice. <laughs> you've reached that difficult age of you already getting socks yeah, yeah. really <laughs> my i know your sort of your you know one of your passions is um, american football which mm-hmm. is far more entertaining than mine but i'm i'm a big fan of the film jaws ah, okay and um my wife got me um a board game um oh. Where you know where well, it's a Jaws board game. What can I say? You know, you mm-hmm. you could either be the shark or the three blokes hunting it. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I haven't been able to play that yet because you know it's all been Lego in the Knockholds household, and oh, yeah. not my own. I'm very sad to say I've, we've been you know we've been reinventing Frozen and Frozen Two. <laughs> I keep I keep saying to the family, let it go. Yeah. So, there we go. Brilliant. That was a that was a big one. That was the payoff there. Um, let's, get, <laughs> let's move on to matters of football. On on this week's episode of the uh, of the Tool Station Western League podcast, we've got two interviews with managers, and we're speaking to John Allen, the manager of Canesham Town, and we're speaking to Kieran Bags, the manager of Corsham Town. But we're going to kick off with our Boxing Day roundup. We're going to start in the Premier Division. And um, two sides that find themselves at the wrong end of the table, uh, Tom. I mean, it's certainly a six-pointer, this game. Who came out on top between Bridport and Wellington? Yeah, indeed. Uh, it was uh, Wellington who had the uh, yeah the, the Christmas cheer. Uh, a 2-0 win for them uh, away at Wellington. It was uh, an instant impact from uh, Jake Quick. Um, debutant, uh, I think he's joined from Bishop's Idiot, I believe. So, uh, yeah, good. He certainly made a made a good start to his uh, yeah sort of life at Wellington. Fast start to it, didn't he? You could say that. Yeah, I'm trying to stay away from those jokes, but I know you'd go there. Uh, he scored in either half uh, of this one uh, to make it two 0 to Wellington, and yeah, they came away with the three points. Excellent. Now, a side that we featured quite um, quite a lot over the festive period on the podcast is Clevedon Town, of course, and uh, Santa certainly brought them festive cheer at home to Chipping Sodbury. Yeah, indeed. Uh, followed up the, uh, the 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 good win in the the Vars uh, the previous week, and uh, yeah, three 0 win uh, for them over over Chipping Sopbury, um, taking a 17th minute lead uh, for Ethan Felton, uh, and then it was Callum Gould uh, who did uh, did the did the rest of the damage, uh, scoring from long range at the end of the first half to make it two 0 uh, and then yeah, another uh, chipped finish from him uh, in the closing stages, so a three 0 win for for Clevedon over Chipping Sopbury. Now, um, Canesham Town, they took on very, very near rivals, Brislington, and it was a, it was a good result um, um, for the home side. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good result and a good crowd as well there on, uh, on Boxing Day. Obviously, uh, always one of the ones the game's likely to, to go ahead, and it did. Uh, two wins from two uh, for, for Canesham following the, uh, the, the break, of course. And, uh, yeah, um, James Dancy, he was the stand-up performer for the hosts, 
Uh, he's yeah scored neither half um, to give them a two-goal lead. Uh, Jamie Noble had made it 3-0 before for Brisbane got a, a late consolation. But uh, yeah, good win for for Kencham and uh, yeah, nice nice to have some bragging rights at this time of year. Certainly is, and that was uh, all the excuse I needed to get hold of Kencham's manager John Allen. John has been a great um, supporter of the podcast, always very um, interesting man to to interview. So I was really pleased to get an opportunity to speak to him right at the end of uh, this year's. Um, run of podcasts obviously we'll be back um, in in January but um, a a really good way to finish the year by talking to John and I started off by reflecting on those two games that he's played in December Uh, two wins so that's not a bad way to end what's been quite an unforgettable year yeah, we're really uh, we're really pleased with the outcome of the last two the last two games. The results have been fantastic. Obviously, six points from two games in this league, especially with the nature of, and the challenge which is in front of us in respect of the the stop start nature to it. We're we're really really happy with the with the six points. Yeah, definitely. I mean, before we get into the the coronavirus, let's talk about the football. Brislington are literally a club that's that's a stone's throw from your ground. And of course, they're, an, they're never an easy team to play. Were you pleased with the performance uh, on uh, on the day? Yeah, very much so. Um, we knew it was going to be a tough game. You know, they've got some really good, really good players at Briz. Um, and obviously, it being a local derby, it was always going to add a little bit more spice to the occasion. So, yeah, I mean, I thought, from, to be honest, you know, from start to finish, we, we dominated the game. Um, I thought we played really well. It's probably the best we played all season. Um, off the back of beating Hallen, you could see the confidence at uh, Grain. Um, we took the game to Brisbane, we, we knew we had to. And, we, you know, if it weren't for our keeper, we could have had two or three goals early, early doors. So, um yeah, it was a really, really big performance from us from start to finish. I mean, for the first time this season, um, we've managed to put two back-to-back 90, 90-minute performances in, and we've reaped rewards for that. We returned from lockdown and really concentrated on our fitness. We chose to do that consciously, thinking that, you know, with a four-week layoff, although we asked the lads to do some stuff, you know, to keep themselves fit, um, we really concentrated on trying to get them as fit as we could. Uh, we had five training sessions before the first game, which was Hallen. So, yeah, we 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 reaped the dividends there. I think we we worked hard. We kept going. Our fitness levels are really really good. As well as that, we just looked confident. And prior to the break and the lock, the the, the minor lockdown, we had the four week lockdown. We were struggling a little bit for confidence. So the break actually, ironically, did us some good. We took a bit of time to to kind of reevaluate what was going on. We made a couple of signings in that period and. We made a few, you know, tactical tweaks, and uh, and it's just paid dividends. Yeah, I mean, all credit to the lads; they go across the line and they took it all on board. They bought into the fitness side of it, never named names or grains. They knew what they had to do, um, and it's just kind of we went into the first game as Hallen, confident and a different, slightly different mindset than we may have before before the lockdown. I mean, looking at the league table, you're thirteenth at the moment in the Premier Division, which I consider to be a perfectly reason- a respectable position when you consider that you're next to the likes of Bradford Town and Shepton Mallet. I mean, is that how you read the table? Yeah, I think so. I think you know we reminded of ourselves recently. You know, we're still the, new- the newest team to this league. Still, you know, we haven't fulfilled a full season in the Premier. Um, so, you know, from-, from our promotion a couple of years ago, we really are still the newest team in it. So, we're expected. Certainly not to be challenging in the top six or seven or eight. You know, we're expected not to do that, although we have standards. But I think where we are right now, certainly with the last two wins, is probably where we, we were more comfortable there. You know, I can look back over the season before the lockdown and, you know, we had some good results. We were very inconsistent and that was our, that was our problem. You know, we were consistently inconsistent. Even during games, we'd have good halves followed by a poor half or vice versa. So 
we were kind of a little bit up and down, um, and we felt there were you know there were some games in there, you know, previous to lockdown, especially against the likes of Clevedon, I think Westbury and Cribs, where we were right in it, really, you know, good games, good games of football, and you know we lost we lost those games narrowly, and we felt like we could have got something from those games, and you know that's the way it was going for us. So to be in and around your Bradford, your Shepton, Mallets, very well established teams in this league, yeah, we're pleased where we are now, especially after the last two wins. That certainly is. You know, given our league position, it makes it look a lot healthier than probably what it was before. Now, we've spoken a few times over the years on the podcast, and, and I know one of the themes that's been consistent throughout those interviews has been your your project, your mission to build a Canesham side that's competitive at, at this level. I mean, how much of the events of this year impacted on that project? Um, that is a really good question for us, because I think we're quite individual sometimes as a club. Um, Financially, we, what we've done behind the scenes is we've worked really, really hard away from the pitch to try and put us in a position to be able to kind of compete in this league and stay in it. Um, huge credit must go to the people behind the scenes at the football club who have just worked a lot on sponsorship because obviously with Kingston Town on our ground, it's our ground, it's our club, it's been there for well over 100 years um, but it's, it is a facility. Um, so we're kind of set up slightly differently to other clubs so we have to kind of generate a lot of our money ourselves. So off the pitch, we've certainly, the project, if you want to word like that, and you're right, actually, is was to kind of, as soon as we went up, was to kind of establish ourselves as quickly as we could financially. And believe me, I guarantee we'll, we'll be in the bottom two or three of budgets in that league. But from a standing start, from not paying money out for 10 years to being able to pay the smallest of budgets made a huge difference to us in this league. Um, so coupled with what we're trying to do on it, we're kind of working alongside the, the people off the pitch. So, you know, and I think, you know, with the ambition we've showed and some of the signings we made in the summer, I mean, we've got Jack Dancy from, from Larko, a Southern League player. Uh, Jordan Metters was a huge signing for us from Manor Farm, um, another Southern League player. So we're, we're kind of like trying to shop in Harrods with, with a, with a budget's budget, if you, if, you, if you see what I mean. And our job is to persuade players to, to come to the club to, to enjoy what we do and, you know, give, at least give them an environment where they feel like they're really enjoying their football. And we've been, we've been pretty successful at that. And these players that have dropped down the level have really enjoyed themselves and, and therefore stayed and, and helped us kind of, you know, succeed to where we are today. So we're having this conversation at the end of, of, of 2020. Um, we've we've had the Christmas shenanigans. We've we've had you know two lockdowns this year. We've got the tier system. We're waiting for a review on that. These are pretty uncertain times across the whole of non-league football, let alone the Western League. I mean, how do you feel about the prospects of ending this season? Well, at the end of the day, we're football people, um, and I'm sure every manager, coach, player, all wants to, everyone wants to play football. This is why we're in it. We're football people. Yeah, let's not forget. You know, we are volunteers. This is a hobby, essentially. You know, you know, we're not professionals. We we want to be playing week in week out. It's our release. It's what we do. It's our it's our passion. I think more so recently. I, I think we have to start looking at things morally a little bit. Maybe um, we're in a a crazy situation this is the most challenging of challenging seasons and years and I think morally as a club we're starting to look at things maybe and if, if it was to end I think we have to respect that it would be greatly disappointing obviously you know because we, we all worked so hard to get to where we are now um, but I think morally there are so many different facets to any decision made on this you can't do wrong from right sometimes you know you can't please everyone if it is to cancel and if it was to finish then that's got to be the case these, these are big decisions for people above me and 
you know, our clubs and, you know, these, these decisions should come from the very, very top. And if that's the case and that's what's got to be done because it's, it's right to do so, then we'll have to respect that. I mean, what about the prospect of a points-per-game conclusion? Is that something that you would welcome or would that concern you? If you played more than 50, 50% of your games, I think probably it creeps in a little bit more, you know, morally, but morally better. But, you know, 75%, I think, of games completed, I think, would give you a better, a better kind of average of points. I think after 10 or 11 games to start deciding promotion and relegation would be harsh, personally. Um, I know the league, you know, are desperate to get this, this pyramid sorted out. I think probably looking back, they had a better opportunity to do it last year, you know, not knowing what's going to happen this so it's it's a difficult one. Personally, if I was relegated after playing ten games, I'd be fuming. I wouldn't. I, that that wouldn't sit well with me. And probably even if you won the league, if you won it after getting promoted after 10, 15, 10, you know, ten, twelve games, fifteen games, they'll probably sit back at some point and go, "All right, we've done it." But it probably won't feel as good either. I mean, let's finish by talking about the actual football. Um, and you know, we keep everything crossed. We've got fixtures scheduled for January. And it's looking like it's going to be a real testing month for your squad. You've got trips to Parkway, Tavistock and Exmouth lined up. I mean, how are you feeling about those games? Well, the challenge is what you know, this league brings. You know, they're all three of them are, I think, are they in the top three now? I think they are, aren't they? I think they're in the top three. So, yeah, we, it's the nature of the league, isn't it? I mean, we've actually, we've actually fared quite well at Parkway over the last two visits. We went there when we were in Division 1. Uh, we went there in a cup um, in the middle of our title kind of run. We lost 2-1, but actually our performance on the night was, was fantastic. And I remember getting back in the change room and saying, look, you know, we perform like that, we'll go on and win this league. And we lost narrowly that night. It was a you know last five minutes they got the, the winner. And then we obviously went there in the league last year and drew three all after being three 0 down. So, you know, the challenge is, is something that we take on. It, it doesn't, you know, we, we look forward to it. You know, that's what we're at this level for. That's what we've worked so hard to get into this league to, to play against these types of teams and, and challenge ourselves. So the prospects of going to them, yes, of course, you look at it and think, yeah, you know, it's going to be a, a tough ask, you know, especially Parkway's couple of last results have been incredible, you know, I think they've scored a lot of goals and didn't to be conceding too many. So, yeah, we know the challenges ahead, but as I said, we've taken them on before. I think we lost narrowly at Tavistock last year. I think we lost 2-1. I think we drew it 3 all at Plymouth and we didn't get to play Exmouth at all last year, but we beat them 1-0 at home. So, yeah, challenges... Of course, this is what this league is. You know, it's a tough league, but yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. Adult. Not, not a problem. And my thanks to John for his time. Now there was one other game in the Premier Division on Boxing Day. That was Westbury United against um, uh, Bradford Town. And it was Westbury, the White Horsemen, who uh, who take uh, Wiltshire bragging rights uh, with a first-half goal from Joe Stradling. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. We're moving to the first division and with another Wiltshire derby, uh, Warminster Town took on high flying Corsham Town and another close affair for the Quarrymen, Tom. Yeah, and they had to had to do it the hard way in this one, but they have gone top. Uh, a two-one win uh, for them away at uh, Warminster. Uh, it was a goalless first half, uh, but then Warminster, uh, yeah, started started really well in the second half after the break. Um, three minutes uh, after the the restart, they went ahead thanks to an own goal. And uh, yeah, yeah, well, we'll see 
put Corsham's uh, yeah good run well good run pre pre lockdown under threat. Uh, but uh, yeah, they managed to to fight back. Uh, Gary Higdon obviously uh, uh, scored a hat trick uh, recently. Uh, he headed home the leveller, uh, and then yeah, Will Stead um, uh, scoring scoring pretty late on. Uh, I think Lee Rogers has had his penalty saved by Tom Druitt uh, in the warmest to go, and uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was Stead who reacted quickest, got on the loose ball, and uh, yeah, tucked it home, and that was a, a two-one win for Caution, who now now lead the lead the table. What better way? to finish the year for Corsham Town than on top of the of the first division uh, table. And, uh, and that's exactly where I started my interview with manager Kieran Baggs. Been a great start to, uh, to life as manager of Corsham. Um, completely, um, completely different challenge to what I had at Melksham. I had to bring in nearly a whole new squad, lots of, um, lots of players leaving. Um, so yeah, brought um, lots of old faces, some new ones, good mixture of um, experience, um, some old friends that haven't been playing for a while have, have come back into it to, to have another stab. Yeah, and tried to mix in with um, the lads that did want to stick around and uh, also um, to build with the, the under 18s that, um, that, that did really well last year. So um, yeah, been a really, really good start to, to life as, um, as caution manager. Um, loads of thanks goes to, to to the chairman and the committee that um, have, have put faith in me. And uh, yeah, so far so good. But um, only ten games played up uh, up till now, sit, sitting pretty at the top of the table. But as you know, things can change very quickly. Well, you've not had it all your own way this season, have you? To be fair, I mean, you you came um, from behind against um, Warminster on Saturday. What did you make of that performance? Uh, yeah, really, really tough game. Um, great atmosphere always when. Um, when we go over to to Warminster, um, especially on Boxing Day, lots of lots of people watching, and obviously not a lot of games on at the moment. So um, I think people um, made the most of that opportunity to, to to come and watch. Really, really difficult conditions. It was it was raining and it was windy. The pitch is was really really soft. Um, so that that played a huge part. And um, yeah, we um, like a lot of times this season, we've just had to work really really hard and be competitive if possible. Um, Warminster are a very, very good side this season. Um, they're sitting sixth at the minute, but they're not too far off of the um, the proposed uh, playoff places. So I knew it was going to be a tough game. I knew a lot of the lads from when I was there as a player the season before who were still there, and um, they've um, they've been really, really good this season. And they were um, they were a very, very tough opponent, and we were probably lucky again um, to steal all three points as the previous week against the Devizes as well. Yes, well, I wanted to have a chat with you about that. Devizes, of course, bottom of the table at the moment, but they did give you a real scare. I mean, in all seriousness, do you think that your performances sort of post the second lockdown have been affected by the stop-start nature of this season? Yeah, I think that's the same for everyone, though, so I can't use that as an excuse. Um, all managers trust trying to get people interested again. It's hard when when lads stop and they get out of a routine of playing and training we haven't been able to do during that lockdown um so i think that's the that's the same across the board so yeah it's been difficult but it's not like another team has been playing every week and we haven't so um yeah i can't i can't use that as my jet get out of jail free cards as such but um yeah it was a really really tough game um dan sloan who's come in has signed a, a a lot of players and um yeah obviously a, a lot stronger team than than not maybe not what i was expecting but to it's a completely different game to maybe the, the devices of earlier on in the season. It was a really, really competitive game, very similar to Warminster local derby, real feisty, um, but played in, in good spirits. And yeah, and we got away uh, with one there with a uh, with a 94th minute winner. So you've only had one draw this season. Every other result has been a win. 
Could this Corsham side be the Western League's invincibles? Definitely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. We've, I mean, we've, we've, um, we've been very, very lucky um, to to come back against Win Canton um, after being two 0 down to get a draw. They're a very, very good side before lockdown. Probably one of the best that we've played this year. Um, we've got to play uh, Welton this Saturday in the top of the table clash. Um, we've got away with a couple of last minute winners or scoring late on to, um, to secure the three points. Um, we haven't played Carl or Ashton and Blackwell yet, so they're going to be really, really tough games. So I think it's near impossibility to um, to go through the season unbeaten, but you're going to you're going to keep the trying to maintain momentum for that for that run as long as you can to stay unbeaten. But um, yeah, it won't be long before um, before we're on the wrong side of a result or luck runs out. So we're just taking uh, taking it a pinch of salt at the minute. It's lovely to, um, to to be on this unbeaten run and to be top of the table, but it is only ten games played, and uh, yeah, nothing's won at that point. I mean, in all seriousness, Kieran, um, from a psychological point of view, there's going to come a point in time when when your unbeaten record does it become a help or a hindrance? Because is there not an opportunity for you to go to the players and you know use that as a as a as a psychological tool to say, look, you know, you can find a way to win, you know, in any game. Yeah, definitely. I think it works both ways as well. Sometimes you you think about the not so much me, but the the players think about that unbeaten run and it adds that little bit of pressure to the squad and they don't play their normal game or they're they're thinking about the the football too much. Um, but it also, yeah, just gives you that feel of confidence that no matter who comes to us and we'll play anyone, that we we can turn out a result, whether that's um, coming back to get a point or scoring a last minute winner. So um, yeah, it definitely works both ways. But at the moment, confidence is definitely high and we've we finished the year top of the table. And yeah, to be honest with you, at the start of the year, considering like what a difficult situation it was building a brand new squad in COVID restrictions and only in groups of six and things like that. Uh, yeah, I'm over the moon with that. And um, yeah, thanks to my coaching stag- staff of um, Higgs, Gilliam and, and Ralphie so far this season, it, it's made my life really easy to um, to work with the players and, and, and do what we've done so far. But like I said, nothing nothing's achieved yet. It's only 10 games into the season. You don't get a, a medal for, for a 10 game top of the table uh, achievement. So um, yeah, we'll keep plugging away. I mean, it would be fair to say that at the start of this season, you were many people's favourites for promotion, and that's not least because of some of the eye-catching signings that you've, you know, you've made. I mean, is that how you saw uh, this season when you came into it? Had you targeted promotion from the off? Yeah, I think so. Um, ambitious to say that to be top four would would be the would be the target um, when you sign people like. Um, Gary Higdon, who's come in as my number two, and, and he's been smashing goals in like like you'd expect him to, like he's done his whole career. I think as soon as a few people see he's signing, then you know ears stand up a little bit, and, um, and and people have that expectation about you. But it's up to us to manage that. Promotion always been the aim. I, I we might fall short of actually winning the league. I think that um, over the last couple of seasons, I've been dipping in and out of. Division One in Premier uh, Western League football, and I, I still think that that Carl look one of the best teams that I've watched football-wise. Um, I know they've had a defeat to Cheddar all, all, already this season, but um, Ben's done a really, really good job there over the years. I remember when he took over, they were probably like a mid-table side, and he's transformed them into a promotion-chasing um, team. So I think they'll still be the top, the top spot. Um, and I think maybe the games that we go and play them, and when they come to us, will be. Um, 
will maybe be title deciding depending on form leading up to that. But um, they're sort of the ones that I, that I fear the most and look out for the most um, in, in results wise. That's no disrespect to the other teams like Welton and Ashton and Backwell, but you keep seeing that Cowan keep finding a way like us to, uh, to, to win games of football. They, they've played nine games, they've won eight and, and, and only lost one. So um, yeah, I think that, that they'll probably still be favourites across the board. Um, before the season, I probably expected that. I know we're, we're sitting pretty at the minute, but um, yeah, we, um, we've been grinding out results and it's been tough for us. Whereas I, I look at Khan's results and I've watched a couple of their games and they've, they've been a lot more comfortable than us um, in, in seeing out games, which is sometimes a good thing, sometimes a bad thing. But we've, um, we've really, had, really had to, uh, to work for all our points so far. Um, you mentioned at the top of this interview, sort of, you know, the difference in in um, managing Melksham and obviously manage, uh, you know, the situation you now find yourself in at Corsham Town. I mean, was it a difficult decision to sort of take that step down from managing at the Southern League to, to coming in at the Western League First Division? Yeah, it was a little bit uh, to start with. Obviously, you don't. I, I guess it's the same as players. Once you've sort of won the the right to be a Southern League manager. With Melksham, you you think, oh, should I stick at this level? And I did have a couple of um, couple of offers that I could have gone in and spoke to to, to clubs about, which um, which just didn't happen in the end. And I I took that season out just to just sort of like just clear my head and and get back to just enjoying playing. And I went and played for Warminster and ended up moving to Bradford. And we were we we're in a really good position to to win the league um, with Bradford before the COVID restrictions under un, under Wayne Thorne. So. Um, that gave me sort of like a year out just to just to not think about managing and that everything that comes with Southern League uh, management is is a lot, lot more commitment than it is for what I'm at caution. That's not to say I don't take things seriously, but the demands of the Southern League manager to a Division One one is, is a lot. And it suits me with um, with work at the moment and uh, with a young family as well. So that was that was a main um, main part. And I got to almost go back to. Just recruiting friends to come and play and having that that real enjoyment in the changing room and good atmosphere. A lot of lads come come from the Trowbridge team that I was in charge of. A few from Melksham, a few that I've played with over the years. And yeah, we've come uh, like a tight knit group, and, and it's it's been a lot more enjoyable. I know it's easy to say when you're winning, but um, then then the the struggle that we that we had to do with with, with Melksham. You know, it's a it's a very high pressure job, and there's a lot of stress that goes with it, and a lot of expectation with um with that Melksham managerial job. So yeah, it does suit me at the moment, um, where I am with caution. But that's not to say I'm not ambitious uh, to 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 go back into the Southern League, and hopefully that that we will be with caution in a few years. Now you had a difficult job to do from the moment you came into the club because you were replacing such a popular manager in Justin Flowers. Do you think that the success you've had so far has um, won round the sceptics? Well, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. I mean, like, not bragging or anything, but the like, track record has obviously won the league with Trowbridge and, and then got promoted with Melksham straight straight away, both of my first season. I think that that comes with, like, a, a, a little bit of um, firepower, if you like, and then the signings to, to come along with that, obviously seeing that the club wanted to move in a positive direction, whatever happened with um, with the club, it was obviously a new chairman come in who I didn't know before I joined, and I I didn't know Justin, but they've done a steady job over the years, um, and and they were building up to um, to something that those things happen. Same as my, my time to came to an end at Melksham, people move on. Justin's gone to Malmesbury now, and I've come in to, to Corsham. That's what happens in the managerial merry-go-round, especially at local local level like we play. So um, I hope so that sitting top of the top of the table and and looking forward to a, possibly a promotion into a, to a higher league, we'll um, we'll keep the fans on my side. If not, I'll have to buy them a pint in the bar after.
when you can, of course. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you started talking about promotion to a higher league because um, um, that's one of the conversations that you and I have had many times, um, not not on the podcast, admittedly. But, um, I mean, are you still pondering where a promoted caution might end up once the FA have um, finished their restructuring? Or do you think really the situation we find ourselves in at the moment is just it's just a question of getting through to the end of the season? Yeah, I think it's nice to be prepared. And I've had conversations with Joe, the chairman of the geography of possibility of of going into the western premier league and the finances and the the, the coach travel that goes with it if, if they extend that border um and it will obviously make life a lot 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 harder to um to finance uh, travel and, and expenditure that way so if all the leagues restructuring like we've had that conversation before and, and it makes it more feasible for us just to stay more local then um i, I wouldn't be opposed to um to, to moving across into the hellenic um the hellenic premier if they if they take us in um or whatever that that league would be i don't think it needs to necessarily be i know obviously your affiliation with the western league you'd like to see us go into the into the into the premier leagues i'm sure that the derbies uh, hopefully that we might might be having would would come with us but I think you've got to do what's best for your football club. And um, if going into the Western Premier League is going to almost cripple your your, your club financially to, to to be able to afford the um, to afford the step up, then I think you've got to look for alternative options or at least consider them. Um, well, the fixtures are scheduled to come thick and fast in January. You've got seven at the moment. I mean, that's notwithstanding the weather or what mm. the coronavirus might have to throw at us. I mean, is that a worry for you? Because, of course, you've got to juggle p- player availability and their fitness. Yeah, and um, that's just something that I know at some point of the season was was going to come come along. It does every year because of one normally just because of the weather. But with, with this season, obviously, to have a break already and then playing catch-up with fixtures... Um, I know a lot of them have been been rearranged and, and, and changed around, and that's just something that is is just unavoidable this year. But hopefully, um, with what we've done as a club this year, and that starts from pre-season, we've had the whole under-18s, the whole reserves, and the whole first team training together. I think it, 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 it makes it easier just to bring in maybe the star from the under-18s that give them a chance, or a reserve player that's been producing week in, week out for Jamie. Um they come in and, and and do a job for us that if if, if we need because you're you're going to pick up injuries and you're going to have suspensions in the odd unavailability so you're going to have to call upon them yeah the, the big squad if you like is from from the full club now you've alluded to this already but we 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 normally finish these interviews by talking about the next game up and i i sincerely hope I'm, I'm doing that now not just because we normally do it i'm doing it because i sincerely hope that there is a next game because the way things are going at the moment you never quite know what's around the corner um bearing in mind what happened to christmas um, but it is Welton Rovers you've got up next. Now, they had been leading the way for quite some time. And I think it was perhaps many people in the league were surprised um, by the, the the magnitude of the defeat they suffered at home to Radstock uh, on Boxing Day. So, you know, a win against you would be the perfect way for them to get their season back on track, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it'd be a, it'd be a huge test for us, probably like our biggest game of the season so far, um, to play someone that's so close to you. Obviously, one... one um, one place behind a, a Welton at the moment, but um, they'll they'll be looking to to have a really good reaction, and I'm I've got no um, no worries about them bringing their their full squad their their air game. They'll be they'll be looking to fire straight back at us. But um, I wasn't necessarily surprised at the the result on um, on Boxing Day down at um, at Welton that, that Radstock produced. I've seen that they've um, they've signed a, a lot of players, and since um, 
the new management's coming down there. They've been flying. So um, I think they'll be right up there in, in, in amongst it come the end, end of the season. I know a couple of the lads that they've signed um, and they've even taken some down from, from the league above who just want to go and play for their local team in Radstock. So, yeah, there's a credit to... Um, Credit to what they're doing, the Radstock, um, and uh, I think they'll 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 be putting putting a strong push if this if the season continues to to, to move forward um, towards the end of the season. But we won't be looking any further than Welton at the moment, and um, yeah, I'm sure that it'd be a great game for all the neutrals and um, one that I'm sure other other teams in the league will be uh, to be hoping either a draw or we lose. But that's just the way it is at the minute. And thanks to Kieran. Uh, for his time. Now, um, this was the game that I was ranting and raving and eulogising about on last week's edition of the podcast. It was, of course, the Coalfield Classico. Welton Rovers went into it on top of the table. It's not been the easiest of, of years in 2024 for Radstock Town, but it's they certainly finished it the stronger, Tom. They did. Um, yeah, really, really impressive result. A 3-0 win uh, over the previously unbeaten Welton. Um, obviously, yeah, knocking them off, off, uh, off top spot. Uh, Morgan Marsh, uh, he scored a, a Boxing Day double for the visitors. Uh, and there was also a goal for James Rustall, obviously pretty prolific at this level. Um, yeah, so the former league leaders uh, put to the sword, not usually um, yeah, shut out like they were were on uh, on Boxing Day. And uh, yeah, a really good win for, for Radstock away at Welton by three goals to nil. Now, there's one other game to bring you on Boxing Day. That was an FA Vars tie. It was a local derby between Tavistock and Buckland. Yeah, finally managed to, to play this one. Obviously, uh, yeah, been been on the cards for a while and it was uh, yeah Tavistock who uh, eased to a, a 4-0 win uh, two goals neither half for them uh, so Jack Crago and uh, Liam Prynne putting the limbs two up uh, at the break and then it was Talon Burns uh, and then substitute Jordan Anir uh, in the second half so yeah pretty pretty uh, comprehensive victory for Tavistock over Buckland in the Vars and moving on to Sunday the 27th of December we have another FA Vars tie to bring you this time it was Bridge t- uh, Bridgewater Town they travelled away to Brinscombe and Thrappen well this one went all the way to penalties Tom it did and uh, yeah this was uh, to set up a tie with Tavistock so uh, yeah both, uh, but uh, but an excellent result for Bridgewater um, yeah <laughs> did it did it did it did it in the well the way you'd kind of want to, really. A penalty shootout victory away from home after coming from behind. Um, yeah, twice, in fact, during the, during, uh, during the 90 minutes. Uh, Equaliser uh, from Ben Kirk uh, midway through the first half. Um, but then, obviously, the yeah, unfortunately, the hosts went ahead again. But it was Tom Fry, six minutes from time, uh, long-range free kick, uh, whipped into the back of the net uh, to, to take it to penalties. Uh, and, yeah, despite a, an early spot kick uh, miss from Sam Crum uh, to put... Bridgewater behind uh, in the running. Uh, it was Jake Viney who came to the rescue, made two penalty saves, uh, the second of which, um, yeah, was the winning moment. So I'm sure that was, uh, yeah, taken really well. And, uh, yeah, plenty of plenty of celebrations there for Bridgewater. I think this is the uh, the first time they've reached the fourth round in, in 14 years or so. So, uh, yeah, big, big achievement for them. And as I say, set up a tie with Tavistock, which is, um, yeah, scheduled to take place early in, early in January, so a couple of weeks away. And just to prove that the Toolstation Western League is the league that never sleeps, we've brought you matches on Saturday the 26th of December, Sunday the 27th of December, and we will finish our three-course meal on Monday the 28th of December in the Premier Division, two times, two ties to talk about. <laughs> Chipping Sodby were in action again. Um, of course, they went down on Boxing Day to Clevedon. Um, could they fare any better at home to Brislington, Tom? Uh, unfortunately not. Who a 2-0 uh, victory for Brislington, so they bounced back from their their Boxing Day defeat. 
uh, pair of first-half goals um, proving to proving to be enough for the the away side. Simon Prangley with a with a penalty inside the opening ten minutes uh, to set them on their way, uh, and then it was Cam Brown uh, tucked home a second just for just for the half-hour mark. Uh, Kane Simpson uh, pretty influential in both goals, um, and yeah, pretty pretty good win for for Brisbane and a good bounce back from uh, yeah the uh, the defeat two days previously. And finally. Uh, Westbury United, they were in action, of course, on Boxing Day, just like shipping Sodbury. Um, um, but their opponents, Shepton Mallet, were Shepton Mallet weren't, and I think it probably told in the final result, Tom. Yeah, well, Shepton obviously coming a little bit cold, haven't played in uh, yeah quite a while, but they returned with a with a bang, a four-one win uh, away at Westbury. Um, it was it was level at the break, so it was a uh, yeah good good job in the second half, and as you say, maybe the the, the legs. Um, Went slightly from Westbury after um, the, the quick turnaround, uh, but yeah, Finn Haynes had put put Shepton in front uh, before uh, a leveller just in on the uh, on the stroke of half time uh, from Jamie Jordan got Westbury level. Uh, but uh, yeah, second half, uh, Shepton yeah really really sh- um, yeah showed a showed a second gear. Uh, Joe Morgan uh, taking them taking them ahead uh, and then scoring pretty soon after again uh, with an individual goal to make it three one. Um, and then yeah, uh, a late goal from Aaron Cockrell, uh, putting some putting some gloss on the on the scoreline somewhat. But yeah, big uh, a good good return for for Shepton a four one win away at Westbury. Excellent. Now's the time in the podcast when we take a look at the upcoming fixtures. You might call me an optimist um, because, mm. of course, we have absolutely no idea what the Prime Minister's got up his sleeve on uh, on the 30th of December when the tiers are next um, scheduled to be reviewed. But um, keeping everything crossed, um, we could be in for a, a real blockbuster tie against two sides that are in great form. Clevedon Town take on Plymouth Parkway. I think that'll be an absolutely fantastic game. Fingers crossed it goes ahead. Now, if we manage to get any football in January, January at all. Our schedule starts on the second, and um, uh, there's an absolute um, cracker at the uh, again at the top of the table. Two real heavyweights taking each other on. Um, Bitten against Exmouth Town. I'm sure that would be an, an absolute blockbuster. And in the first division, Tom, what match has caught your eye? Well, I think this probably catch most people's eye. It's Caution Welton. Uh, two of the, the top sides. Obviously, we don't know. Using the word form in, in this day and age is probably a bit bit useless. Um, but uh, yeah, two teams that will will well, if if we if we get a season to to play out as we hope, um, they'll be battling towards the top, I imagine. So this is a a big game, and uh, yeah, Welton hoping to to hit back from that after suffering their first defeat earlier in uh, earlier in the week. Unfortunately, I was denied the opportunity to watch Devizes um, on Boxing Day as that game um, unfortunately was um, was beaten by the coronavirus. Hopefully. Um, their scheduled match against Radstock will be able to take place on the 2nd of January. That will be a, a difficult game for myself. Of course, that's at uh, Southfield's Recreation Ground. It'll be a bit like having to choose between my wife and my mistress. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with comments like that, I think that's proof, if ever it was needed, that my wife doesn't actually listen to this. Although, of course, if she makes it a New Year's resolution to start, I'm going to be in serious trouble. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving swiftly on, um, we have, of course, been reviewing your excellent bulletin tom um a, a far more um fuller version than um, than than you've been able to do of late but uh, a fantastic read some also some really lovely pictures in there uh, oh, yeah. as well we've got some crackers from um, you know the usual suspects mm. and behind the lens in the western league the likes of john cuthbertson and and martin pierce and uh, also i noticed that that uh, moment that you mentioned jake vinnie mm. celebrating the you know Bridgewater's dramatic um, spot kick victory. There's a lovely picture there taken by Demi Gould. It's a, it's a really lovely read. Yeah, absolutely. Just sort of a 
you say about the yeah length of the the bulletin obviously waited a little bit a couple of extra days just to get in um bank holidays games but yeah i think we're pretty fortunate with the games that did go ahead the uh, yeah um as you say the uh, the the regular contributors uh in terms of the images that go in there, we were yeah pretty pretty lucky on that front because the, the three uh, the three people you mentioned there yeah they were um, yeah uh, among the best and yes yeah, it's, it's uh, always good to 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 showcase their their work and uh, yeah it's good good stuff. And of course that bulletin is available on our, on our Tool Station League website. Yeah, absolutely. That went up on um, what day are we on? Tuesday, Wednesday. I can't. I don't know where we are. Uh, Monday no. afternoon, I think it was. <laughs> Christmas yeah, has the um, ability to do that to you, doesn't it? It does a little bit. So uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, looking ahead, obviously, uh, full schedule, as you, you mentioned on Saturday. Hopefully, plenty more to, to to look forward to and write about on, on the weekend. And, yeah, that will be available on the, on the website um, on, on Sunday, I imagine. Well, whatever the Prime Minister says, <laughs> um, we'll keep going we will. on the podcast, bringing you all the news and views across the, uh, the, the Western League area. But from Tom and myself, not just um, for this episode, but also for the year 2020, the year we'd all like to forget, you've been listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast.